Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. A former Steelers and Jets guard now doing work for SNY in New York at ESPN. Willie, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? No problem. Good morning. What's going on, guys? You got it, man. Last night, I want to start with that first game from a couple angles. First off, the Minnesota Vikings had five new starters on that offensive line that did not play one snap together in the preseason but played pretty well last night. How difficult is that to do? Uh, Well, it's hard because the lack of chemistry, uh, you know, especially when you build together a new offensive line, it's all about communication. Uh, What did help is that the fact they were at home and, uh, you know, Bradford had a hell of a game. And all together, what you want to see out of guys that's coming into a situation like that is flat out just give, you know, balls to the wall effort, and they did. So uh, you got to give those guys credit. So, Willie, talk about uh, about that chemistry and how sometimes it takes a little longer for certain guys to jive together. I always talk about this the only unit on the football field that has to work in unison. You could say sometimes in that secondary you do, depending on how you're rolling your coverages, but you right. guys up front for sure – and sometimes does it just click? Sometimes it takes longer than other times? It takes a lot of repetition, man. I, I, I've i been on uh, different lines, uh, play with guys who've just been plug-and-play guys. And, you know, it's one, it's about trust. You know, you can learn the playbook all you want, but if you don't trust the guy next to you, it's never going to work. So that has to – that takes a while to build. And secondly, it takes a lot of communication with, you know, between the lines, you know, understanding calls, understanding nuances, understanding – uh, you know, what certain things mean. And it, it's hard to get five guys seeing the same thing and moving in the same direction. So that all takes time. It takes preparation. And so Minnesota is going to have to kind of start building in that direction. But over time, man, the only way to get through that is experience, getting those guys out there together and uh, trusting what they see with their eyes. Last night, Adrian Peterson's role with the Saints was very limited. Do you see it expanding at all throughout the regular season? Uh, yeah, but you got to say, this is, you know, this is a Saints offense that, you know, is built around Drew Brees. It's not going to be built around Adrian Peterson. So, uh, they have a stud backfield with Ingram and, uh, obviously the other guy behind them. Uh, but when you look at it from a total package, you know, they can't take the ball out of Drew Brees' hand. You know, he's their offense. So if it's, it's going to, it's not going to come down to the AP show. It's always going to be the Drew Brees show. And, and Peterson has to understand that it's not going to be, uh, you know, they ran the ball early. They just couldn't get it done. The Saints' offensive line was stagnant. They couldn't really get things going in the run game. So uh, you taking the ball out of Drew Brees' hands doesn't help the Saints. So they're going to have to find some type of balance that works for them. But I don't see Adrian Peterson having a big role because ultimately it's Drew Brees' offense. How did you deal with what now AP is trying to deal with, and that is your career is winding down. You're not uh, – I won't say insignificant. He's not insignificant because there's a reason they signed him because they think there's some tread left on those tires. But you see the writing on the wall, and now you're in a position you haven't been in before. It's like a guy who's been a a, a baseball player who's now just being resigned to a designated hitter. So how did you deal with that scenario? Oh, I didn't have to. You know, I was, I was, you know, when I got to the Jets uh, from Pittsburgh, I was, I knew my role. My role was to be going there, being an enforcer. Uh, have an immediate impact in the run game. 
Uh, and I didn't feel like I was uh, dwindling. Uh, you know, I just started, mm-hmm. you know, my first year with the Jets, I blew my bicep. Uh, and then, you know, the following year or the year after that, you know, I hurt my knee. So it was more injuries and me kind of just getting nicked and suffering the injury bug. But I didn't feel like I was uh, – my role or my play was diminishing. I was just – I just kept getting knocked. But it's a hard transition. Uh, and I think for Adrian, it's all, you know, his whole career and everything he's ever done has been about him. You know, this is the same team that is – you know, the face of its identity is Drew Brees. And then they got to have to kind of build – uh, around Adrian and kind of make him feel at home. But uh, I think he understands when he got there, it was about Drew and not him. Gio and Jones, Willie Colon, former Steelers and Jets guard, now doing a lot of work in the media, SNY and ESPN. And I think that you won in both Pittsburgh and New York the media award, for lack of a better term. It was the guy who cooperated with the media the most and gave the best interviews and had the best relationship uh, with them. Uh, why were you so good at, at at doing that, and why'd you want to be good at doing that? Well, I don't I don't think it's something that you know I put on my bucket list going into each season. Uh, I think it was more so if you know I didn't believe you know being I'm a homegrown kid from New York. I didn't believe dumbing down the fan. I didn't believe you know kind of giving the fan or, or anybody kind of a roundabout answer. You know, you pay so much money sitting those games, pay for parking, take your kids to the game. You know, you want to understand what's wrong with the product or the field or kind of get some insight. And I always want to give a fair answer uh, and a legit answer. So anytime the media approached me with something, whether it was good, bad, or, or the ugly, so to speak, I was just going to tell them from my heart. I wasn't going to lie. You know, I didn't. I wasn't one of those guys that spill all the beans in the house. But, you know, listen, if I was a dad with a family and then I'm paying 200 bucks plus, you know, the world to see, you know, you know, I, I don't know, Derek Carr play out in Oakland, you know, I want to understand why my Raiders suck or why they're doing good. Uh, so I, I just try to be honest about my approach to what's going on in the game. I think people appreciated it. Well, be honest about your former team, the Jets. What's your assessment of them after week one? Well, I think it's a situation of how you look at it. You know, we went into this offseason thinking, hey, you know, we know we have a lot of weapons on offense. You know the defense is going to be strong. Uh, you know, we drafted two young safeties who I thought played really well the other day. But, you know, altogether, this was this is going to be a team that you just wanted to see stay in the fight. You didn't want to see an outfit like last year who gave up uh, in the first quarter who got blown out. Or, you know, when you hear about you know, last week, last year rather, uh, week three with guys, you know, flat out giving out on the season, you didn't want to see that. You know, fans know who the Jets are. They're not going to be very good talent-wise. But you want to see a group of guys, you know, flat out, flat out fight and scrap. And that's what happened Sunday. So I was extremely happy. Those guys, was, they were, those guys were in the game. McCown played well uh, enough. You know, obviously he he, made, he didn't make some big throws at the end. Defense, of, you know, defensive line up front. You can't let uh, Shady McCoy have a day uh, that he had. So that was disappointing. But overall, you know, they stood in the game. They scrapped. The special teams played really well. Uh, they all held each other accountable. And after the game, because uh, on SOI we do the pre and post game. And I was happy with Tybo's message. He was, listen, this is week one. You know, we didn't. The season isn't over because we lost to the Buffalo Bills in Week One. We still got a lot of games to play. We got a root group. We got to fight, and, I, and that's what you got to. That's what you got to anticipate from the Jets. They're going to stay in there. They're going to fight. They'll give it all they got. So I was happy with that. Talking to Willie Colon on CBS Sports Radio, I know that you're really close to Ben Roethlisberger. When you heard him right after the season last year throw out that retirement stuff, and now he had to think about it, uh, did you laugh or did you take him seriously? No, I took him really serious. Uh, I think for me, knowing Ben, you know, he's he has three kids. 
Uh, he's, he's been through three eras of football, uh, two Super Bowls. I mean, he's, he's been through a lot of football, a lot of injuries. He's been through a lot of, you know, himself personally. You know, I think at some point we – I think the Steelers are kind of – and everybody else are kind of – you know, we're kind of spoiled. We just expect him to be out there no matter what. And I, I think at this point, you know, he's worried about his health and, and the state of his family. He wants to be there for them. And I, so I totally respect it. You know, he's a, he's a Christian man. He's a God-fearing man altogether. He wants to – you know, he wants to see his kids, you know, be out there running around. And I think he's worried about his own health at times. And like any ball player, so I don't think it's – I don't think it's just him. I think when you get there up in age, I think he's 35. You know, you, you start looking around and say, hey, you know, I've, I've done a lot in my career. I got to, I got some young youngins to look after, and I have to put this thing in perspective. So, uh, And if he if he was to hang it up today, I mean, he he's definitely a Hall of Famer. So uh, he's, he's had an amazing career. We were discussing rookie running backs and the great uh, initial weekend for these guys, a number of them, what would be your advice? Because you're the one up there trying to open up holes for these uh, newcomers. What would be your advice to rookie running backs entering the league? Uh, pretty much, you know, a lot of rookie running backs are coming to the league. Uh, it's it's a transition of them just learning the playbook, um, understanding different protections, and, and pretty much, you know, stay healthy. You know, because as much as we want you to be that, that lead back and that, and I got to kind of, you know, lead the charge. You know, we need you the whole season. So, you know, when you can get out of bounds, get out of bounds. When you can run, run. Uh, it's all about being playing smart and being efficient. And that's what you – and let the game come in a lot, you know, let the game come to you. Uh, that's the hardest thing for any rookie, especially when you get to the NFL. You, you want to do so well. You want to play – you know, you want to play a part. It's not trying to force things. Let things come to you and, and just make it work. I think that's what Ezekiel Elliott last year did a great job of. Are you one of those guys that misses the game every time there's a Sunday morning and you smell the grass or are you on the other side where you're like, man, I'm done. I'm happy to be doing what I'm doing. That was great, but I'm glad I'm not doing it. No, I, I miss the game. I definitely do. You know, in my eyes, uh, I would have loved to play it over five years. Uh, obviously, my knees uh, had different plans. Uh, overall, you know, I, I, I'm forever grateful for what the game gave me and the opportunities I had uh, getting drafted to the Steelers and then being able to come home and play for the Jets, but uh, so at times I get a little, you know I get a little sad, but you know it's, it's life, you know. But I'm extremely happy with the platform, you know, SMY has given me. Uh, when I walked into the building, they treated me like family from day one, and I get to cover uh, the Jets and, and talk football. So I'm blessed in that regard. You don't get to cover Hofstra anymore because they don't have a football team. What happened? Oh, Captain Obvious, you had to throw that one out there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing gets past me, Willie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, I went to Hofstra. I uh, I remember the good old days. Exactly. So. Uh, they need to bring back Hofstra football. I'm waiting for. Uh, hopefully, it'll come back one day. Hey, let me ask you about a philosophy that uh, new head coach Anthony Anthony Lynn out of San Diego employed last night. He didn't feel like his starters had uh, gotten enough work during the preseason. So sure. you, you 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 know as I know uh, the Bats don't play that much in that last preseason ball game. So he wanted to keep them, you know, somewhat fresh. So he played and and leaned on his his backups during the game. And you saw they got behind eight ball, but they did make a comeback there and had the field goal blocked. How did you feel coming out of camp as a starter, not playing that much in that that last preseason game, and now you about to go into a four quarter intense full regular season game? Yeah, that seemed to be the thing this season. I mean, you saw it with Brady, you saw it with a lot of teams. They just didn't have that speak, uh, just because they didn't, you know, they didn't play a lot through the preseason. Uh, that ring rust, if you will, is real. For me, I never suffered that because offensive linemen, we play. I played, so 
Uh, I know in Pittsburgh we have hard training camps. Uh, we played during the, the preseason. Then when I got to the Jets, you know, I had Rex. And we were we were a downhill team, so I I was in the mix. So I never felt when it came opening day, uh, I was kind of behind. I think for a lot of teams now, because the risk factor, you know, guys get injured. Uh, you know, you see you see what happens to Edelman and some of these guys who are impact guys for your team. They get dinged in preseason, so I think a lot of Head coaches and powers to be a little apprehensive as far as giving their guys a lot of reps. You got to worry about the value, but I, I think it's a legit concern. But I don't know how to mask it or control it. You know, if you can only play football, football, you can't protect guys from playing football or kind of get them ready. If they're not out there, kind of seeing things in front of them and, and being in a mix of live bullets, you know, it, it's hard to kind of simulate simulate that type of aspect of it. So it's. It's interesting, but I, I, I know Anthony Lynn. He was a running back coach when I was with the Jets. You know, he's he's one of those guys I believe in, you know, getting getting his guys to play hard and play downhill with the running backs and, and playing behind their defense. So uh, they'll, they'll be fine. Last one for me, Willie. If you were still a Steelers offensive lineman and you watched the Le'Veon Bell holdout, how would you feel about it? Because it seemed like Antonio Brown, a couple guys on the defense, weren't too happy that he was there. Uh, what would your reaction be? Uh, that he wasn't. There. Uh, I'm sorry that he wasn't there. I apologize. Right. Yeah, they wasn't. Yeah, um, I, I think for me, you know, I'm I'm never going to put my hand in no man's pockets. You know, that's that's his business. I'm never going to tell him to be there uh, at the end of the day because I obviously you need him there. Uh, he is a part of the Triple B trilogy between Ben and, and Antonio, and he, obviously him. But overall, you know, I, I think when it comes to other players' contract situations and. And what's going on with them, that's none of my business. I'm never going to put my hand in another man's pocket. All I could do is be supportive and be for be there for him as a teammate. And I think it's unfair that other teammates do that. You know, however he wants the hand of his situation, that's between him and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, as an offensive lineman, I can only do what I had to do and, and get it done. How does this Yankees season end? Uh, hopefully in the playoffs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Yankees is kicking butt. So I, I don't know. I think overall – you just want to see the Yanks keep, you know, building momentum. You know, you want to see our, our starting pitching and picking it up, uh, Severino and CC and and all, you know, to knock it all together. You want to see these guys really start making that push because we're going to need them. And I, but I thought, you know, Batantis, uh, we got to see him do a better job uh, as a closer. He and Chapman, both of them, man, they yeah. make it interesting in the late innings. Exactly, they're blowing a couple, so we got to get those guys sparking up, ready to roll. Willie, great talk to you, man. We appreciate the time this morning. No problem. Good morning, guys. I'll see you later. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.